Good evening, folk. Good evening, folk. Um, thanks again for letting me do this Vision Church Friday Night Devotional. Um, I want to share, like, a, in this devotional, a kind of a word with some kind of encouragement. But the most of the encouragement will come near the end. I want to look at. 2nd Corinthians chapter 5, 2nd Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, 2nd Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So this book here in 2 Corinthians was probably written a year after 1 Corinthians in around 57 AD. And in his first letter, he kind of wrote a letter that was in a corrective kind of manner but where, where this letter here in 2 Corinthians, he is, he has kind of upset the Corinthians in a way that it's made them more kind of narkier. He's kind of upset them. So, so Paul really at this time is trying to defend his apostleship and false teachers of Corinth. And so this kind of letter is a, a response to these accusations, but also in his writing in this second book, it comes across more personal. So this p letter, this passage that I am sharing tonight, it's, as Paul penned it, it is, to, it is to encourage us, but also to give us a bit of fear to kind of motivate us in our stewardship and be kind of more sensitive to our relationship with the Lord. So as Christians, our ultimate reward is being believers, where we have been saved, where Jesus died for our sins, past, present and future. And they have been dealt with on the cross. But there is going to be a time in the future that each one of us will still be judged. We will be judged by Jesus. We won't be judged because of our sins. Because we, are, we have been saved. Our sins have been dealt with on the cross. But we, but we will be judged on how we have lived our life for Jesus in our obedience to him, in our walk with him. 
So again, in verse 10 it reads, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. This sounds like an intimidating verse. Some people get confused with this with this term, the judgment seat of Christ. They get it confused between the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne of judgment of um, Revelation chapter 20. And these are different events and they deal with separate judgments. The judgment seat of Christ is for believers and it is for their faithful service and it's an, an important doctrine in the Bible to know. And so the, the great white throne is the judgment on sin where the book of life is opened and this is where Satan and his fallen angels and unbelievers will be judged and whoever whoever's name isn't found in the book of life is doomed to everlasting punishment in hell so let's look at this judgment seat Paul knew Paul knew the Greek culture of Corinth he knew the culture of Corinth very well and through his writings the Holy Spirit has inspired him and at times he writes he's inspired to write illustrations with kind of sporting sporting metaphors and for the the Corinthian people they were kind of they were avid kind of sport fans and with various sport festivals they could attend so they loved sport so I would imagine Paul and his passion to witness to his passion to witness to the Greeks but also to the Jews and being a tent maker in Corinth and you'll read this in the book of Acts chapter 18 verse 3 his trade allowed him to maybe make, make to make tents for these games one such games such games festival at that time was a smaller version than the Olympics it was called the the Ishmian games it was a games the Ishmian games were kind of an honor of a god called Neptune and you know with these false gods the the Jewish people they wouldn't go near it they wouldn't go near these games so Paul had to go into the synagogues and witness to them at separate times so in these games there would be an elevated chair and and at these festival games and upon this chair on this elevated chair there would be an official or a referee that would sit and they would observe the games and they would reward the winner so this seat paul calls the judgment seat in the 
the original, in the original Greek, it's called the bema seat. You maybe have heard the term called um, the bema seat. Well, the bema seat of of Christ. So this is what this is what Christ will do. This is what Christ will sit on as He rewards you. But when you're before the Lord, when you're before the Lord in this judgment seat, it's going to be a one-to-one, -one, a face-to-face -face meeting. There's going to be no crowds, no family witnessing this event. So Jesus is going to show you how you have lived your Christian life for him. So I'm going to look at this point here, a rewards you forfeited as a Christian and as Paul writes in the second part of verse 10 that everyone may receive things done in his body according to that he have done whether it be good or bad we will stand before Christ as a saved person remember the judgment seat is for Christians. Here you are going to receive your rewards for faithfulness but he will show you the rewards that you have forfeited. This is a challenge and a few scriptures tell of this in the scripture. But for one example here I want to look at Romans 14 verse 10 and it reads this but why do you judge your brother or why do you show contempt for your brother for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ so Paul so Paul is writing about Christian behavior in this 14th chapter immature behavior between weak and strong Christians I think Paul had this issue in maybe all his churches that he was involved in. But, but he was saying to the strong believer not to despise the weak believer and for the weak believer not to judge the strong believer in their various kind of dietary eating ways. The way they ate, what kind of foods they ate or how much they ate, or how much less they ate. It was kind of these kind of dietary kind of issues that were going on. But also there was criticism of the different holy days, and the holy days and certain days that they had worshipped. Uh, but, but, you know, you know, all this criticising behaviour was a harm to the church but more importantly it was a harm to the relationship to God so the unfaithfulness of our lives will be shown up before the Lord before the judgment seat but for us we may think that we have secrets and how about how we how we behave in our walk with the Lord but but he the Lord knows all our secrets 
here are some unfaithful acts that I have had to overcome and deal with and maybe some of you have dealt with these as well or you might have some different issues but over time he sees he sees what what you put in the offering in the offering in the church are you like in me at one time were you kind of a were you a grudging were you a grudging giver you know what god loves a cheerful giver do you give your time or do you spend too much time on mobile phone apps or gaming or watching tv something sister abby um mentioned in viz chat during the week and she said this it is important for us as christians to spend time daily meditating on the word praying and fellowshipping with christ that really struck me and lastly here and with your talents do you serve god do you serve god with them like you're cooking playing music hospitality or some other skill that can help the, the church or in a christian way there's a pastor that I have listened to. He is a pastor and the evangelist. He's gone to be with the Lord now, but you maybe know him. It's a man called Alan Redpath. Look him up on sermonaudio.com and he will really deeply convict you um, with his um, sermons. But Redpath, he spoke of a time when an old work colleague who brought him to the Lord, came to visit him from Scotland. And after an uncomfortable meeting, his friend, he said, it is possible to have a saved soul and a wasted life. It is possible to have a saved soul and wasted life. These words really deeply convicted me and then and even him himself. And he couldn't get these words out of his head until he prayed, Lord, I want your will for me. I don't want to waste my life. I dedicate it to you. Do you have a saved soul and a wasted life thirdly and lastly the rewards you receive as a christian the new testament describes various crowns the original greek it is stephanos i think pastor david mentioned a few weeks ago about the crown being a wreath the wreath was called the victor's wreath made from dry, wild, celery leaves. And this is what the athletes were awarded for winning the race and winning the events in sporting, at the sporting festivals. So I want to look quickly at five different areas of, or, uh, of the 
there is an, uh, a variety of rewards that, that and we can and and can we can see who is worthy of the, the Stefanos and the victor's wreath and for us it is the imperishable crown firstly there is the incorruptible crown 1 Corinthians 9 verse 25 it says and every man that strives that strives competes for the mastery is temperate in all things now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown but we an incorruptible 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 crown and Paul here again illustrates an athlete in a race who is also preparing beforehand for that race this athlete was temperate in all things and gives us the idea of self-control or self-discipline we can there is the the word for to receive the crown of rejoicing in 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 19 for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing are not even you in the presence of the Lord Christ at his coming this is sometimes called the soul winners crown it is awarded for leading others to Christ then there's the crown of life James 1 verse 12 says here Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. And this crown is the word to those who persevere, who endure to the end by resisting temptation, trials, but some others even suffer martyrdom. And Revelation chapter 2 verse 10 shares the aspect of suffering. So there is the, the award for the crown of righteousness. In 2 Timothy 4 verse 8 it reads here. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at the, that day and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Awarded for the anticipation of Christ appearing, for his coming back. Do you long for Christ's return? Do you long for your true home in heaven? Sometimes we get caught up in the in the routine of life and we don't think of these things and lastly the crown of glory in 1 Peter 5 verse 4 and it reads here and then and when the chief shepherd our Lord shall appear he shall receive a crown of glory that fades not away This award speaks of serving the Lord 
it speaks of elders in 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 the, the first verse of of chapter five but i can't get into it here but just for for time but but when peter speaks of elders he is using he's using in this passage a kind of broader sense of church leadership in 1 Peter 5 verse 3 it kind of says here neither as being lords over God's heritage but being examples to the flock to give an example of this a leader shouldn't act like a master being a control freak over the people of the church but the leader needs to have a, a humility a patience and an attitude, an attitude of serving others. Being examples to the flock, leaders need to be good role models to other believers. Just as Jesus washed the feet of the disciples in John 13, Jesus says here in John 13 verse 15, listen here, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. He doesn't say, he doesn't say, for I have given you an example that you should do what I have done to you. But rather it should be what you should have, what you should do as I have done to you. I can imagine Pastor David and maybe Charlie and Johnny washing our feet as we go into church. I imagine Johnny having fun tickling our feet. But the big idea here is that is to have an a servant attitude. As I finish off here, remember Remember your rewards of having the victor's crowns aren't something that you have to work for. It's not an obligation. They are a reward for our faithfulness in your Christian life. And I pictured this last Sunday as we sang that song, Worthy of It All, and the words really got to me. It kind of went like this, all the saints and angels, they bow down, they bow before your throne. All the elders cast their crowns before the Lamb of God and sing. This is a reminder, and it reminds me of a glimpse of heaven. Of Revelation chapter 4 verses 10 to 11 where it says there is 24 elders before the throne and as they worship and cast their crowns before the throne I believe that these crowns are the crowns that we will be rewarded I can imagine that we will have some rewards for faithfulness and we will cast them 
and lay down our crimes beforehand because beforehand because our rewards will seem insignificant with being in the presence of the Lord Jesus. And as I finish here, you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. So thank you for listening and thank you Alex for listening in too. So hopefully see you all Sunday. Take care and God bless.